Give it a second, folks. We'll see if we can get it. That's better. All right. Now you can hear me. I can hear myself. Let's take our Bibles. Let's go to Psalms chapter 119. We're going to finish up with uh, Shin this morning before we go over to our uh, last one for the uh, this study, which is Tav, like or Tave, which many times that you'll see that pronounced. But let's go ahead and let's read Psalms 119, beginning at verse 161. Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in all of thy word. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation, and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them, uh, them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee. So we want to begin today by looking at the, this particular passage of Scripture. And uh, as we talked about the, uh, the letter that is behind us, we have already seen a lot that it represents, mainly with the Trinity, also with the four uh, Im images that we saw in the uh, next letter as well, which represents not only Christ, but the mimicking of Christ that we have seen through the ages. And so today as we begin, I'd like for us to finish up where we left off, where we uh, did 163 in our last study, and it says, I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Now, it's interesting is that in our society, we have seen so many times where people begin to talk about law, and they begin to talk about the influence of law. Well, there is a great application that we need to understand in all that we see from Scripture. There is this hanging law that is over top of us. And I want us to think about the, the ridiculousness of a society without law. In fact, there was a, a comedy sketch many years ago. Uh, if uh, any of you that listened to um, K-Love or anything like that, and this guy picks up this two-by-four, and he swings at another guy. And the guy ducks, he goes, what are you doing? He goes, since there's no law, there would be nothing wrong with me hitting you with this too before. And he swung it back the other way. The guy goes, don't stop. He goes, so you do want me to have a law that says that I can't hurt you. See, what's interesting is people a lot of times want to do without any laws whatsoever. And yet a society without law is nothing but a degrading society. And I want you to think about this for a moment. We know that adultery is wrong because of what's written in the Scripture. We know uh, stealing is wrong because of what we see in the Scripture. What's interesting is, is that there's only uh, six of the uh, laws that are written in the Ten Commandments that have to do with individuals. And yet, if you break one law, you break them all. I'll give you an example. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first law that is given where there's longevity of life. How many of us can actually say we have honored our father and mother at every turn? Now, I'm not saying, you know, not right now, but at every turn. And yet the reality is, is that when we take a look at that, it means that there is, first of all, a father and mother relationship in which there is a respect, there's a love, there's a guidance that is going to be there, 
and there's a respect for the honorary that is there as well. You know, what's interesting is that we read Proverbs chapter 31, and it speaks of the virtuous woman. And yet, there's so many women that they probably have heard Mother's Day sermons where all the preachers stand up and talk about the virtuous woman. Well, it's interesting that it speaks also in the book of Proverbs, the virtuous woman, who can find her? Who can find that woman that never tires? Who can find that woman that will take uh, and make tapestry for everything? And quite literally, if that woman is going to be there, man, you better be prepared for a second job. Because for her to fulfill the needs that is demanded of the virtuous woman, it puts also a great demand upon her husband. Yet where do we find him? In the gate, sitting down, judging people as they come in. So think about everything that we see, and we've got to be careful. Well, as we go on into the studies that we have with this, I want us to consider very carefully all things to the law of God as well as the responsibility that we see as well. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will pick up at verse 164, and we will continue. Lord, we want to thank you again for your blessings, and I pray that you will help us now as we study and prepare for this day. Lord, I want to thank you that uh, so many have braved the uh, weather outside, the snow and the cold, to be able to come in and to be a part of these services today. And Lord, I want to thank you that we can have the freedom to laugh, to kid about different things, or to rejoice. But we know, Lord, that in all things that you will bless and you will supply. Lord, there are some that cannot be here today. Maybe they are being hindered by the weather. Maybe, Father, they woke up and not felt, felt that well. And in fact, Brother Randy has made mention of this one who needs our prayers so drastically as her heart is not really coming back into rhythm the way that it should. And we realize, Lord, that in the days that we have left upon this earth, we find many challenges and many difficulties in our own health. So, Lord, lead us and bless and watch over us in all things. Help us, dear Father, to be faithful unto you. In Christ we pray, and amen. As we continue on in our study, I want us to go down to verse 164, and look what it says. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. And, and if you want to write this down, and if you want to think about it a little bit later, you can. But when we think of the righteousness of God, how many of us say, what right did God have to do this? Now, we might try to witness someone all the time and tell them about Jesus Christ, and then suddenly they want to push back and they'll say, well, how do you explain the attacks on the uh, Twin Towers, you know, that, that threw us into 9-11 and threw us into the wars, Okay. How do you explain the Pearl Harbor situation to where the Japanese came in and they attacked Pearl Harbor? Couldn't have God stopped that? What about the USS Maine? What about the Alamo? But it was I'll give you an example. Now think about this for a moment. If you go back to years of age, and his son Lamech died 777 years of age. Lamech died during the year of the flood, and he was the youngest one outside of Enoch, which was taken by God for a later time. He was the youngest one to have died in that, in that time frame, if you will. Is it possible that Lamech refused to get up on the ark? Also, let me just bring this up to you as well. There was many in the lineage of Adam 
Clemick had sons and daughters. We can go all to you. When you begin to see a society that, whether it's prolonged life or whatever it is, and they take it for granted that they're going to live longer and live longer and live longer, there seems to be a turning away from the things of God. I'm 67 years of age, and I had someone pay a compliment to me the other day. They said, you don't look 67. I was really happy. And they, she said, you look more like 77. But anyway, after I heard that, I you know, kind of deflation. But the reality is, is that when you hear those things, we, we, honor, we, we automatically think, well, I feel young. I feel good. But there's a lot of young people that have died. There's a lot of young people that die on our highways every day. It's amazing how many times that I'll work in a facility and I'll smell, smell the marijuana. There's some meth that's going on in these places. I'm going, don't they know that they are bringing destruction to their lives? Don't they know that they're creating an issue? And yet there is also a blessing in that the years that we have upon this earth, those of us others. I get up in the morning, I write a devotion. Is it out of obligation or is it from my heart? I read my word. I read the word of God. Is it out of devotion or is it from my heart? You see, the fact of the matter is, when we take a look at the word of God, there's a command to do these things. But that leads into a love. Remember what, what was says over in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26? Forsake not the assembly of yourselves as the manner of some is, and even more so as you see the day approaching. But what did David say? I was glad. And so we see that commandment that is there. But then what does it say in the book of Psalms? The Lord... So when we take a look at this, we need to understand that the one... And yet, we're getting ready to celebrate this beautiful occasion where we talk about the birth of Jesus Christ. But how many people have twisted that? We're going to get into that today of Christ, of the birth of Christ, as we think about what the world thinks versus what is reality and what is truth. In verse 166, it says, Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation. That is what I hope for. No matter how long I might live upon this earth, my hope That's what we should hope for. That's what we should desire. Is that the day comes when I can put off this mortal. Plan. 
You know, it's so, it's so interesting that so many of the songs that we sing, you know, even like today, He leadeth me, O blessed thought, O words with heavenly comfort fraught. The reality is, is that if I think about the things of God, it should bring peace and bring joy. But how many of us have said, Look, God's not interested in what you think or how you react. In fact, if you go to the book of Revelation or you can go to the book of Matthew, it says, Be careful or woe to them that give suck in the days of the coming. Do you realize that when the Israelites have to flee into the mountains, there will still be those that will be carrying babies into the wilderness to, to be protected against the wiles of the Antichrist. And so the thing is, is Lord, I have hoped in thy salvation. Can you imagine as no... And finally, they stopped laughing when the door mysteriously closed. And they still partied. They still partied, all how they did for a week. And then the skies grew dark, and the rain began to fall. Not just a simple drop here and there, a great deluge that fell on, was felt upon the earth. So much so that within 40 days, this entire earth was surrounded, covered by water. And yet when you begin to look at it, the only ones that were saved were those that were in the ark. Isn't it interesting? We are in the hands in the ark of God. We are ever kept by him. We are ever preserved by him. And he carries us the real man. I thought about this the other day. Why did God be born in the United States of America? Why not Africa? Why not Germany? Why not? Because God saw fit to bring me to this place and to then give an account for the marvelous blessings that he has bestowed upon me, beginning with the divine grace that I was shown when I was younger in Jesus Christ. And for that reason, I should desire, and I don't always, I should desire the things of God in every part of me. How many of us can actually say we desire the things of God in every part of us? Verse 167 says, My soul hath kept thy testimony, and I love them exceedingly. Do you realize that this is a love of the testimonies, the love of the commandments of God? Do you realize the, the, the restraint that the law of God brings upon us? The things that we know, I'm, I'm not to commit fornication, I'm not to commit adultery, I'm not to commit stealing, I'm not to commit any of these things, but I look at my life and I go, have I been as honorable in the things of God as I should? Do you realize, and I want you to see, see this as well, it says that if, if a man looks upon a woman with lust in his heart, he has committed adultery. And yet, what do we see? We turn on the boob tube, and as soon as we do, we have everything under the sun that brings us into that adulterous thinking. 
You see, Satan wants us to think that we're missing out because of, of what is in the world. But guys, let me tell you something. We are not missing out at all. We're not missing out. We have something joyful and wonderful to praise God about. says this, I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies for all me. Basically it's this, I know what kind of sinner I am. And because I know of my sins and because I know that I want to ever fall away and go erring, I see the, I see the, 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 the sinfulness, I see the wickedness, I see the things that affect me. You know, it's like this. I passed around to everyone. If you didn't get a copy of it, I have about the translators of the King James Bible. Isn't it interesting that even the Bible that we hold to, the desire of those individuals that put these words together, sought the godliness, the holiness, the righteousness of God for every word that would be written in this book. I look at that and I'm going, there were so many men that desired the things of God that above all they wanted to make sure that it was written in this book. And I, I look at it today and, and it seems like the, the entire idea is the profit margin. Now I'm not trying to get down on people that want to read the NIV. You want to read the NIV, go for it. You want to read the ESV, you want to read the MIC, the KEY, the MOUSC, read all of those. But the reality is, is that you're going to miss out on the holiness that is in God's Word. I read one verse, and many times as I read just one verse, I'm so taken back by it, I'm going, wow, how can anyone understand just this one little element? Now, I'm going to share this with you. As I prepare this morning's message, not this one, but the one that shall follow, as I prepare the early morning message, I thought, there's no way in, in a simple 45-minute time frame that I can present everything about the birth of Christ for you all. There's no way. And not do a justice to it. If, if I was to go around and say, I'd like for you all to read the Word of God and to find every little element... Do you realize the star that announced his birth is mentioned in the Old Testament? Do you realize the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh were mentioned in the Old Testament? Do you realize that he would be born in Bethlehem was mentioned in the Old Testament? Did you know that his virgin birth would be shown to us in the book of Isaiah? It shows that his many titles, Wonderful, Counselor, Prince of Peace, you know, and Go, Almighty God, and further on, is found in the book of Isaiah. Do you realize that he would come through the tribe of Judah was announced to us? And as we're going to see a little bit later today, we're going to see that it was through the, the promise of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that we can have the fixture. So why don't we want to spend more? Let me tell you something. I have loved thy precepts. And I can listen to the word of God over and over again so that I might find joy. You know, right now, our joy should outshine the joy of the world. This time of year. This time of year, our joy should outshine every other person upon this planet. But many times, and I, I saw this in myself, we become so negative 
so worldly, so angry, that we become dark. And who can believe our testimony when there's no joy in us? Now ask yourself that question. Who can believe our testimony when there's no joy in us? I'm going to say something, and I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to anyway. Um, mainly, I want, didn't want to embarrass them because they're here. But last year, I, I got to spend the holiday with Dennis and Kristen. And to my blessing, they took me in and they showed me a wonderful holiday. And I have never forgotten the blessings that they showed to me at that moment. Let me tell you something, folks. In all of our bitterness, if we don't see Christ in all that we do, then we are no better than the world. That's the conclusion of what I've, I see in this particular letter. So, Brother Joe, if you will, I'm going to have you. He's, he's sitting down. He's relaxing. He's enjoying himself. We're going to go back and we're going to look at the next letter. So, the next letter that we see is going to be Tav, T-A-V. And that's found in the, uh, the writings here in the Psalms, chapter 119. And it's also shown to us beginning at verse 169 going down to 176. So, let's go ahead and read that. Let me let my cry come near before thee, O Lord. Give me understanding according to thy word. Let my supplication come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. My lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes. My tongue shall speak of thy word, for thy commandments are righteousness. Let thine hand help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. Let my soul live, and it shall praise thee, and let my judgments help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep, and seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. Now, these are the last verses, or the last verses that we're going to see on the Psalms 119. Isn't it amazing that we've read through, if you've been able to stay with me, we've read through all of Psalms 119, but we've also studied every letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Now, as we have finished this up, and you can see right now this beautiful little letter, kind of looks like the letter pi in the Greek. The letter pi, which we also know is the value of 3.14, and it goes on and on and on. And it's got a, believe it or not, we only know 3.14, but there's actually so many digits behind it because it's a continuing number. And the reality is, is that when we take a look at this particular letter, many times I look at it and I'm going, so Lord, what is it that you want to, for me to learn from it? What is interesting is that this will either have the T sound, as in or Tav, or it'll have the TH sound. And all that makes the difference is that where you see the little, uh, if you will, a gate, you would see a dot in the middle, and that would let you know that it has the TH sound. Remember I told you last week how that the dots and the chittle, the, the, the jot and the tittles and everything else have a specific importance in pronunciation. Well, this holds true even with the very letters that we see before us. Now, to help us understand a little bit more, sometimes if it's got the dot in the middle, it'll have the TH, which we use like in Sabbath. Now, Sabbath is TH. And so if you take a look at that Sabbath, there will be a dot right there in the middle of Tave or Tav. Now, of also interest is the number 400. 
This letter is the 22nd letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and it is also the value of 400. And everything that we've seen so far has always had that conclusion with all the different numbers. What is interesting is this is the letter for the tribe of Dan. Now remember, there were 12 tribes of Israel. And the last ones to march off after they had been encamped in a particular area was the tribe of Dan. They were the last ones to move off. Dan had the responsibility to police up wherever the tribes had landed. Now, if you've ever been camping, you know, have you ever been to a campground where people have left their trash and things like that? That was never the case when it came to the children of Israel. It was as though they had never even been in a particular val valley. Imagine 3 million people, 2.5 million, encamped in a valley, and then when they stepped off, there was absolutely no evidence that they had ever been there. But not only that, the tribe of Dan, if they found one thing of value or one thing that had been left behind, they were to pick that up and they were deliver it to the right people that it belonged to at the very end. And that's pretty interesting if you ask me. So this letter represents the tribe of Dan and everything. But let me show you where else it has a great value. And I'm going to show you these because the fact is, is that we see it over and over again. Let's take our Bibles and let's go to Genesis chapter 23. And I thought about this so much as I was not only in my own particular life, but in the existence of things that are there. If we go Genesis chapter 23 and go down to verse 12, I want you to see regarding Sarah as she is going to be buried and Abraham sought a burying place for her. Look what it says at the beginning of verse 12. And Abraham bowed himself down before the people of the land. And he spake unto Ephron in the audience of the people of the land, saying, But thou wilt give it, I pray thee, hear me. I will give thee money for the field. Take it of me, and I will bury my dead there. And Ephron answered Abraham, saying unto him, My Lord, hearken unto me. The land is worth four hundred shekels of silver. What is that between me and thee? Bury therefore thy dead. And Abraham hearkened unto Ephron, and Abraham weighed out to Ephron the silver which he had named in the audience of the sons of Heth, four hundred shekels of silver, current money with the merchant. And the field of Ephron, which was in Machpelah, which was before Mamre in the field, and the cave which was therein, and all the trees that were in the field and were in the border round about were made sure. Under Abraham for possession in the presence of the children of Heth before all that went in at the gate of the city. And after this, Abraham buried Sarah his wife in the cave of Machpelah before Mamre in the, uh, the same in Hebron in the land of Canaan, and the field in the cave that is therein, and made sure unto Abraham for possession of a burying place by the sons of Heth. Now, you might say, well, Brother Prater, why did you read all that? Did you notice the amount that was being paid for that particular piece of property? 400 shekels of silver. The end of life will measure every one of us just how much we have done in this life. No one will ever be able to escape it. When the time comes and my life is over with, there's going to be people that will either praise my name or they will curse my name. Every one of us will face that. 
And I pray that everyone that comes in contact with me will say this. He was a man of God, and he lived his life according to the ways of God. How many of you have ever read the Epitaph of Moses? He lived 120 years, and according to Deuteronomy, the last chapter in, towards the end, as he was getting ready to be buried in, in Pisgah, it said his eyes had not dimmed, nor his strength abated. 120 years he lived a complete life. Think about this. Moses was a man of God that was made complete because of the ways of God. Abraham was made rich not because of the ways of man but the ways of God. Now I'm going to share something with you and this sounds kind of crazy. I don't believe that it's God's intention for any of us to win the lottery. Now you can play it all you want. I don't really care. And I've had people say, well don't you think it's wrong? No, I'm not even going to go there. But here's the thing. If you became rich because of the lottery what's the world going to say? The country made you rich. But if it so happens that God has made you rich by his grace, like Abraham. And think about this. Abraham was made rich, first of all, because he went down to Egypt. and said, well, this is my, this is my, uh, uh, my sister, not my wife. And so they paid him handsomely for his, for his wife. And later on, he went again into Abimelech. And Abimelech, he goes, oh, this is my sister, not my wife. And he And by the way, do you know who's sitting with him at this time? Abimelech. And also the sons of Heth. And as he sits there, he goes, I want to buy this cave. And this cave will be the burying place of me and my family of honor. Help me to bury my Well, they'll be laying the sons of Seth in, and, or sons of Heth, and as they come in, they go, No, you just take it. Go ahead. And he goes, No, I'll buy it. Let me buy it. If it means so much to you to give it to me, tell me the And you say, well, Brother Prater, why was that so important? Because they could not lay anything against Abraham for all that he had. The conclusion of the matter. This letter represents the conclusion of the matter. It's the end of the matter. And any time you see 400, we see that. We see this not only with the, the element of time where we saw the 400 years of enslavement, how many of you also remember this is that God had shown Abraham that Israel was going to go into captivity for 400 years, the conclusion of the matter. Not only that, we see also that because that many thought it was sinful to have the rejection of uh, God was death, later on Moses would tell the people to choose life over death. I want you to see this one as well. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. And let's go down to verse 15. Let me say it again. This letter shows us also life and death, beginning with Noah. Though many thought that sinfulness was life, 
sin, sinfulness was life, but rejection of God was death. Later on, Moses would tell the people to choose life over death. Look what it says. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, go down to verse 15. It says, See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. Now, remember this. The children of Israel, before they entered into the promised land, after they crossed over the Jordan, they would pass between two small mountains. One was called Mount Ebal, the other was called Mount Gerizim. And on Mount Ebal, you would have the blessings of God that would be called out, but it would be in this way. If you forsake God, before you life and good, a life and death and uh, also uh, good and evil. Verse 16, and in and that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God and his statutes and his judgments that thou mayest live and multiply and the Lord God shall bless thee in the land whether thou goest to possess it. There's the promise. If you go into the Remember this, there was one man that brought evil upon the children of Israel after they had defeated Jericho. And he stole away. a congregation is to God the more immediate the, the things of God shall be seen in us remember Ananias and Sapphira they lied to God after selling a possession and there was an immediate action that took place but the longer that a church goes with, with sin in the doorway with sin in the camp the less you see the immediate effects of God in their life once again I want you to see this but if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be drawn away, and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce you this day, that you shall utterly perish, and that you shall not prolong your days upon the land, whether thou possess, or whether thou passest over Jordan to go possess it. I will call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. Choose life. And be thou that thy seed may live, that thou mayest love this Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life, and the length of thy days, and thou mayest dwell in the land, which the Lord swear unto the fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. You know, why isn't it that we hear the, the, those that want to cry out against God for all the atrocities on the land? Why don't they cry out for Achan's sake? Well, if he was a judge,
And when the lots were cast, one by one it came down until it came to Achan. And then they said to him, What have you done? It should scare us to death to think that life can be taken away. I'm talking about the physical life because we don't want to follow after the things of God. But it should scare us even more to escape this life not knowing Jesus Christ at all. And when I go into the world and I tell them about life, I don't have to tell them to choose life in regards to what the world will show us, but I tell them to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's what we're going to get into as we finish up. So Lord's willing, next week we'll pick up at Psalms chapter 119 and we'll finish the studies the next time I'm here. So Brother Joe, if you will, go ahead and close it out. And I want to thank you all for your blessings. Lord, thank you again for your mercies. Now lead us and bless and direct. For it's in Christ we pray. Amen. Are we off the air? All right. Uh, as you all know, I'm going to...